Give God praise for that song. Whoever wrote that song had no idea, probably, uh, almost assuredly, how much it was going to be sung. I had the privilege and honor of leading a funeral Friday morning for a good friend of mine who died unexpectedly. And, and it, wasn't, it wasn't remarkable that a lot of people were there in the sense of just a bunch of numbers. It was remarkable how many people he touched. There was well over 500 people there. And they came in from all over the place to honor the memory of a man who made a difference. And that song right there, Amazing Grace, someone made a great difference. And do you know that God wants to make a difference through you? Do you know that? Do you believe it? That's my prayer for you today is that as we open up God's word and as we look into it, we're going to see something there and that the Holy Spirit's going to light a fire in something in you so that we all can make a difference together collectively, but also individually. So let's pray as we open up God's word. Heavenly Father, uh, speak to us through your word. Show us something new. We don't have to say a lot of fancy words. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, as we open up the word, I want to refer you to a Bible right in your pew cover, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible you brought with you. Um, that's a Bible. And we're going to read a couple scriptures to, to frame what we're talking about here. Just a couple scriptures out of Proverbs. If you're in this uh, black pew Bible, we're going to read a couple verses from Proverbs 6, which is on page 531 on the top left. And then we're going to go back to page 121 and read a couple verses there. So put your finger in 121 and open it up to 531, Proverbs 6. And it starts with verse 10. Verse 10, Proverbs 6, verse 10. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. And poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. And poverty will come upon you like a robber, like a thief, like a thief in the night at the time that you don't expect and want like an armed man. That's an awesome Awesome little short scripture. Lots, lots there. Let's go back to Numbers 13 and look at verse uh, 30 and 31. That's on page 121. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. So it's the fourth book of the Bible. And open it up to page 121 and look down there on the right column towards the bottom, starting at verse 30. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and occupy it. That is the land of Canaan, the land that the Israelites were promised. Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Verse 31. Then the men who had gone up with him, gone to the same place to look at the same land, the same experience, 
Those other guys, and it was 10 other guys, because Joshua and Caleb were together, actually, in, in heart and mind. The 10 other guys, that's the other men, the men who had gone up with him, said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. They said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. Something to ponder as we look into God's word, and that is certainly the uh, title of what we're gonna focus on in the next few minutes. We may have to come back again and have part two. Uh, We're just gonna focus on this, what is this question? What is the poverty spirit? What is it? How do we, is it it being poor? Is it, what what is the poverty spirit? Is, Is that something you've heard of before? What is it? How did that affect Joshua and Caleb and the other people back in the Bible? How does it affect, how does it affect us today? How can we identify the poverty spirit when we see it and know what it does? And so we looked at this verse from Proverbs and the first thing that, that I really see there is that it happens a little bit at a time. Uh, it's, it happens a little bit at a time like, like erosion. Have you, ever, have you ever seen something erode something in the, in the soil? You see the effects usually don't see the erosion until it's actually uh, happened quite a bit, right? Because what happens when erosion cuts through soil? What's happening when that water cuts, cuts a river through your backyard? What is it actually doing? Well, it's picking up a little bit of soil and the water is carrying that down and it takes up a little bit at a time. That's the danger of the poverty spirit. It starts out really small and then it has a big effect. And then the next rain comes and then all the water, when it makes that little cut, all the water goes down there and gets funneled down there. And guess what happens? There's more water, more force. And then when one piece of dirt gets lifted up, then all of a sudden there's a hundred, right? And then going beyond that, it gets worse and worse and worse. And here's a little picture have you ever seen a patio like this? What's actually happened? Is that, is that how the dirt was when they built it? No. It was because you can see, you can see on the edge of the concrete there. You guys all see this? Just say yes, humor me. Okay. So this dirt, uh, we know that that dirt used to be up there because you can see the ragged edge underneath the concrete that was just sitting on dirt. And, and all that dirt washed away one after another, after another, after another, and pretty soon you got a spot, and who knows what's gonna happen next with that, with that little patio. She's gonna break. She's gonna break, and it's gonna go, and then everything we try to build up in our lives gets eroded away. And so it is with the poverty spirit. The poverty spirit is something that happens a little bit at a time, and then I'm gonna show you a more extreme example there you go. Then it's like this, right? It can, actually, it can actually subvert, and the house is just a picture for, for your life, for, for our lives. Because the only thing worthwhile doing in life is really working for God. And that's the message, that's the message of the Bible. Well, what's the message of the world? What's the message of the world? It says, worry about ourselves. 
The message of the Bible says, trust God. The message of the world says, worry about yourself. You can't trust anybody. And God says, I want you to trust me. So when we look at these these little tiny erosion events in life, what's gonna happen to that house? What's gonna happen to that house eventually? It's like Jesus talked about building a house on the rock or building it on sand. I got some Bible readers out there. Now, sand is a great building material. They use it a lot in houses and they, and they, and they compact it down, but it, it works well when it's contained, like down in your basement and things like that, maybe your garage, because it compacts really well and it fills in really well, but it's not something that, that stands up to erosion. So we gotta be careful what we build with and how we build it. And if we really listen to the Bible and to God and we know that there's a poverty spirit out there which is a threat to the structure of your life. Did you know that there's a threat to the structure of your life that starts out like this and oh, that's not that big of a deal. The concrete will still work. I'll get to that someday, right? And then what happens is that eventually that breaks but eventually it's even worse and we come to the end of our life and we might look back and we say, I live for the wrong thing. Now, what's wonderful is God can redeem that. The news I have for you is that God can redeem it today. You don't have to wait till heaven for God to redeem it and for us to depend on God to make everything right. What is the, what is the poverty? It's, it's a mindset. It's really a mindset. It's a, it's a mindset that is like this, very simple. It's, I don't have enough. I'm not enough, I can't do it. I don't have enough. And it's a mindset like it's, like it's that weight on our mind that's dragging us back, dragging us back from being free. Why doesn't, why, why doesn't that person just take that off their head and run? Why have they, they're totally used to that, leaning into it. It's a great picture about the poverty spirit that, that comes in like a mindset, but it, it also works it also works like erosion where it takes a little bit away at a time and then pretty soon something, a bigger force comes in and takes more away until it, it, it cancels our life out. And, and is a poverty spirit about having money? Is it really about having money? Actually, it's not. You can be very, very wealthy and have a poverty spirit, okay? How does that work? How, if, if you had lots of money, more money than you could ever realistically spend, how could one have a poverty spirit? This is actually a picture of the influenza virus. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that just, it looks kind of wild. It looks like a sci-fi, it looks like a sci-fi, something that someone would design, but this is the flu virus that we vaccinate ourselves against or we get it and then we know what the effects are. But actually, the poverty spirit is kind of like that flu virus. You can only see it when you magnify it, when you really look at it, and when you stop and realize there's something out there that wants to take you down. There's something out there that wants to erode your life. There's something out there that is against you. And this has nothing to do with the amount of money you have. This has nothing to do with the amount of money we've had. I've seen plenty of really wealthy people who are stuck in the trap that that they just need more. I've seen plenty of wealthy people that get stuck in the trap of serving themselves, maybe out of fear, 
The poverty spirit works in all these ways, but it really works like a virus because it gets in there and then we have to overcome it. We have to ask God and that's why we're here. So my promise is to you, if you look at your bulletin, if you take some notes, it's a good way to write down what what God may be uh, highlighting to you. And seriously, guys, if, if we don't do the work, if we don't do the work, we're not gonna get out of this time together what God wants to give us. It would be like if we all showed up at a meal and we all just said, no, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna sit and watch. And this is what we need to do. And so this is a tool for you to, write, to take down some notes. And there's three words up there, to pay attention, to connect, and then take some action. Seriously, guys, um, after, after overseeing this funeral and presiding at this funeral of a very dear friend of mine, I have a renewed sense of, uh, we don't know how many days we have. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Know that sin and the devil is kind of like a flu virus. You can't see it. But once it takes over you and multiplies and gets bigger, it'll take you down. It'll kill you. It'll at least make you sick for a long time. The poverty spirit, the poverty spirit, is much like a flu virus. And then once it overcomes you, then there's symptoms, right? We don't know we have the flu until we have symptoms, right? We don't know we have the poverty spirit until we look around at our life and we go, what does the poverty spirit look like? What does it look like? And has this been experienced by people in all time? Yeah, we're gonna see this when we look back in the Bible, when we look at ourselves, when we look into our future. This is a battle, folks. And the first step is identifying that poverty spirit so we know it when it happens and that we can We can use the weapons of our warfare of God's word to fight against it. So what does the poverty spirit really look like? Well, it it could look like this. It could look like blaming others instead of owning your circumstances. Because one one of the things about God in the Bible is God doesn't promise success in the sense of you're gonna have a life where you're never gonna have any failures, okay? Just getting that out there right now. This is Jesus on the cross. Remember that? That's how his life ended. And although that's good and we understand the cross back then when it was happening, it didn't seem like like a success. It seemed like a failure. And I'll be honest with you, I've never met anyone who didn't want to decrease suffering in their life. I've never met anyone. We all want to make our lives more comfortable, right? And, and so when we, look about, when we look about this poverty spirit, this is what I'm gonna tell you. There's nothing in the Bible that's gonna, that's gonna guarantee you there's nothing out there. I've never seen it. I've never studied it. I've never observed it. There's nothing that God is gonna give you life on this side of heaven that is gonna be without suffering. Nothing. You're gonna have failures. The question is this, today, for all of us, will we fail at the right things? I've done businesses, I've, done, I've had successes, and I've had failures. The question is, are we failing at the right things or the wrong things? 
The poverty spirit wants us to put our whole soul, mind, and strength into ourselves, not into serving God and others. Our, our worries, the poverty spirit says, hey, you don't have enough, you don't have enough, you don't have enough. See, there it is. There's someone else, they're failing. And the, the, the poverty spirit is like, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a demon or, or an evil spirit that actually his name was poverty. Actually, I believe that. There are demons with certain names that have assignments. What if there's a demon out there that looks like a flu virus is trying to attach itself to you and trying to tell you a lie about yourself, about your future, about what you have? What if you always think you don't have enough? But what if, what if we get to the end of our lives and we realize we've been given more than enough? And the problem that we had was we looked at everything we had, and we looked at it with a poverty spirit, that we don't have enough. What if that happened? What if that happened that we looked at our lives and we said, I don't know where I went wrong. I don't know how I lived my life dedicated to worthless idols. Because I can tell you that I've seen it all. And the poverty spirit is like a flu virus that afflicts rich and afflicts poor. It takes a poor person and says, you can't do anything and you just need to reserve, receive like public assistance. Or it takes a rich person and makes them deathly afraid of that. Well, I don't have quite enough. I need more. I need more. I need more. Or paranoid or whatever it is. The poverty spirit just works against the true reality of what God has given us. And, the, and when we look back at the, um, at the Israelites, this, who's heard of this quote before? Henry Ford, right? It's a very contemporary quote, whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. This is a, probably the simplest example I can think of of the poverty spirit. Is this making sense? It's this idea that when you approach something, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. It doesn't, God doesn't, doesn't guarantee that we're gonna succeed wildly at everything in the way that we would want it, right? With no suffering, with no uncomfortableness, with no loss. Jesus said, in this life, you will have trouble. So we have to remind ourselves of that. So this isn't a formula, just like think I can and do it. Like, like when I look around and it says, you know, I believe in the sentiment of this, but you can do anything you want. Just believe. Well, what if I said, well, I'm going to be a horse jockey. <laughs> how long do you think I'd, how far do you think I'd get in a career as a horse jockey? Not that far. You know, the truth of the matter is God wants to work with us and his idea of success is way different than ours. Cue the video of the little baby. Can you play that one again? We just gotta watch that again, it's so cute. Shovel and snow, can you get that up really quick, Keith? Let's just watch that really quick and think about God, the Father, and the baby is us. Baby is us. God the Father picks him up, keeps shoveling. What's the little baby doing? Getting in the way. You know, a lot of times our contributions to 
God's kingdom are more like that, or it's even worse, right? Because that little, little guy is shoveling, actually, going, you know, off in an angle. What if, what, if, what if the little guy is actually on the edge of the snow, kicking snow on the bank back into the driveway? That's actually more what it's like a lot of times when we as humanity get involved with God's kingdom. And God still wants to work with us. So there's no, there's no guarantee, there's no guarantee that, that, oh, if you just think you can, that everything is going to go swimmingly. That's not what it's about. What it's about is, is what if we could fail at the right things? There, there are good things to be a failure at, and there's really bad things to be a failure at. What about being a failure at being a thief, robbing a store? You've, you've seen some of these things on the news when people try to rob stores and they end up falling down, or I saw one where his pants fell down and all this stuff. Just ridiculous. Like, don't fail at that. Fail at the right things. Fail at the things that God's going to give you a crown for. You can lay that down again. That's what God is calling us to do, to give us a renewed sense of purpose and, and vision and all this stuff. And the amazing thing is when you actually study the Bible, you see the same things being struggled with back then in a more, in a more extreme example. God's trying to teach us a lesson. He's trying to teach us a lesson. You know, when the Israelites left Egypt, did they leave empty-handed? No, they were loaded down with gold and silver and all this stuff. By the time they did the 10 plagues, Pharaoh was like, just go here, take this and go. Don't stay, don't change your mind. I'm gonna give you this stuff and go. They left Egypt loaded down with stuff, loaded down with riches. But did they have a poverty spirit? Did they have a poverty spirit? This is a, a cool model of the tabernacle. It's, 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 it's pretty simple here. This is a tent of meeting that, that God designed. God provided everything for them. He even designed the tabernacle. This is the place that the Israelites, after they left Egypt, they would set this up and this is the tent of meeting and this is an open courtyard and that's where they sacrificed and this is the lavender where they, where they cleansed before they went in. There's so many things here in the tabernacle. But the main thing I want you to picture is that God has a plan and a purpose for you. He's provided you with everything that you need to do the work that God has called you to do. But there is some things that we need to add to it. Now I've got a cool video that I wanna, I wanna look at just to have fun, but we're running out of time, so maybe we'll, we'll pick this up on part two because what I want you to see is this right here. If God has provided everything you need, then why do we struggle with a poverty spirit? Why do we struggle with a poverty spirit when God has provided all the things that we need? You know, this, this message is, the Christmas season, and you've got, we've got this, this artwork here that's, you know, Jesus lifted up and being welcomed as the Messiah of the world in obscurity. There's a few people that knew who Jesus really was. Most people didn't know who Jesus was. 
And God has provided for us, like the tabernacle, he's provided everything we need in Jesus. And you know what's amazing? Is we look around and we just exactly choose the opposite. God has given us everything we need in Jesus and we look at ourselves and we say, we don't have enough. So what do you think happens? We have a way different experience than what God wants us to have. And that's probably a good place to end this message because I've got so much more to share. And I realize that in this message, in this time in our church, when we're looking at the great vision we have to reach people in the West Central Valley School District, 5,600 people, this is our chance to look around Let's, let's stand up. I want to invite the musicians forward. Let's stand up. And if, if, if you're in the front, I want you to turn around and look, look to the back. Just turn around and look. So we're kind of, we have a circle. We have a circle here. So, but if you're in the back, just keep looking to the front because I want you to look at one another. If God has given us everything we need to reach this community, then what has he given that's most important? He's given you and me. So let's all lift out our hands towards the center because Jesus is at the center. It's not anyone else. We're praising Jesus in the midst of all of us. And we're gonna pray that he takes this group of people and grows it so we can reach this community. Pray with me. Dear Jesus, help us see that you've given us everything we need in you. Help us to take the little bit you've given us and to ask you to multiply it for the sake of your kingdom that we could partner with you to seek and save the lost. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you can have a seat. As we close, we've got a song, right? We don't. Let's. Could we play that one? Uh, play that one again. Um, yeah, that last one. We fall down. That's it. Let's let's let this be our prayer as we uh, close our worship today. It's a great prayer to tie it all up in a bow. Because God's in heaven, he's holy, he's given us our daily bread, he's given us the opportunity to ask forgiveness, to offer forgiveness, to ask for forgiveness with others. He's given us a vision for temptation. The temptation today would be to say yes to a poverty spirit, to be able to identify. We've just gone through a couple of things on how to identify the poverty spirit. We've got more. I have to come back next week. And, and, and it closes with thine is the kingdom. And this is the, this is the biggest question. Are we gonna build the kingdom of God together or are we gonna build the kingdom of me? That's our question every day. Do we have enough together to serve and grow God's kingdom? Let's pray the Lord's prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name.
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Go in peace and experience God's love in your life this week. We'll see you back here. Same place, same time. Have an awesome week.